so it was all of these things i i look at the millionaires i've created and i think about how many times i almost quit and once you once you go i'm like i'm supposed to learn how to overcome this so i can help 20 more gratitude um i think hands down is what changed my life um you know i came from divorce i overcame cancer i have won and lost in businesses i've had you know i've just had I, I've had so many opportunities to become usable by God, right? I can help people who are going through marriage difficulties. I can help them in business difficulties and health difficulties. And gratitude has been the one thing that completely scientifically changed my outlook on life. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the DNG podcast. And man, every time I have a guest on here, I know that I've got a treat for you guys, but this time it's a little bit different. This is the first female entrepreneur that I've got on the podcast, and I've been getting a lot of requests from men and women, but especially the ladies. I've been asking, JC, we love these interviews, but we want to get a female entrepreneur. When are you going to get a female entrepreneur? And I got to tell you, I cannot think of a better person to bring here than this lady that I'm going to introduce you. She is an absolute powerhouse in business. She shares a stage with some of the top trainers, some of the top influencers in the world, people like Mr. Grant Cardone, people like Brad Lee, and I'll let her tell you a little bit more, but her focus and her business is showing people how to become millionaires. Now, I'm sure that there's a lot of you guys that are excited and interested in becoming a millionaire. This lady has done it over and over, and she's done it with a lot of other people as well. She shows people how to become millionaires. Again, she travels the world, trains some of the elite trains with some of the elite and is an absolute powerhouse and i'm super excited to have you here danelle how are you hi jc it's so good to be here with you i could not be any better i don't think but then there's tomorrow and it'll be better tell me about because you and i met about 10 years ago we worked together in the same direct sales company and you were absolutely crushing it and i was doing pretty good as well and tell me about how your transition was from going from the uh direct sales industry to what you do now Right. There's a lot of similarities to it, a lot of personal development, a lot of training, but now you're doing it on, a, on another level, on a higher level. So tell me a little bit about your transition from direct sales to what you do now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I got to say, you were very humble. I'm pretty sure you were beating me. I think you're one of the only ones who ever has. It's very humbling. So <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it, this life is a very interesting game, right? And I think we always are quite doubtful about our capacity and what we're capable of doing until we do it. And then it opens up the door for the next. So, you know, for me to even be in direct sales was a product of my environment, my circumstance, my situation. I was in the middle of a divorce and wasn't sure how my teaching salary was going to cover uh, the bills and help me take care of my kids. So when I became a single mom, I immediately became unopinionated about all things people threw at me, right? Um, all of my prior thoughts went out the window because I needed to win. So when I went into direct sales, I had no experience in sales, talking to people, marketing. I was very shy as well. And I was a female who was just used to working with kids. So it was a very uncomfortable situation. But once you learn how to win in an environment because of great mentorship, um, you know, grit, study, I think we were both students. And I, I think that's what started us talking together 10 years ago was you're learning, you're learning. Great. I want to learn from you. I want to learn from you. And let's go together. And so 
when I was in direct sales, I met so many people who were doing really big things and we are a product of our environment. So when I was around everybody doing giant things, I started seeing more. I started seeing, oh my goodness, I have learned these skills to sell, to build an online presence, to stand for who I am. I was helping empower a movement of women who were taking the lead in their financials. And I was like, I don't just want to help people in direct sales. These same skill sets I learned have helped me build companies, have helped me scale, um, you know, teams in the corporate realm. It's the same skills at life. When you master the personal development, uh, ability to be coached and taught, learn sales techniques, and you add it with a really confident human that you become when you're learning these things, you can scale and do whatever you want. So I took those and I said, hey, I want to help a bigger group of humans. I started building my own stage, bringing in some of the world's best because I didn't want them trained by the world's mediocre. And so I reached up as high as I could and paid and trained and got sponsorships and started creating a, a stage to train entrepreneurs to monetize their hard work. Right, So many people try hard, but they never make money or they quit before they get over the, the rhythm. And so, so I developed all these simple systems that became my livelihood and that could duplicate really easy. So if I could take a busy single mom or a high-powered um, executive man who wanted to monetize another brand, I showed him how to pop into my systems, do it in a little bit less time, more excellent force their wins and when you do that it wins so i went from my stage to being on other people's stage to building an online training program to now in the corporate space all over and i think that's what people forget is every win that you create is the door opening it's the key to unlock the next big step that you had no idea was there and i just became a really quick door opener like, go win, next, go win, next. There's always more people we're supposed to help. We get tripped up on if it's meant to be us or what we can do when really we should just be choosing keys. Which door do I want to open? Like, win, go, win, go. It's for other people. So that's kind of how I transitioned. It was just a take the next right step, make a bigger difference. Now you've done this. Let's see what else we got. So I know that you mentioned that you are working with organizations and corporations or whatnot, but elaborate a little bit more on how exactly you help these sales organizations, if you will, please. When I started helping, you know, direct sales teams or automotive teams or insurance teams, I started seeing that the same skill sets are necessary in every single company. Communication skills, confidence, teaching people how to build their foundations so that they were the strong humans that businesses could stand upon, right? Most of the time you've got broken people building businesses and they build broken businesses. So now I'm really into the depth of, of helping humans train their brain to win. It's a win on repeat method. I have, you know, memberships and stages and I speak and books and those kinds of things. But being in there training corporate teams, sales teams, um, large organizations, even entire direct sales companies, I train at the field of several of those companies. Um, you know, it's, it's all about showing a human what they're capable of and helping them focus on what they can do, not what they can't. I think the majority of of my success has come from, you know, showing people that if they simply focus on their confidence, their potential, their true skill sets, what is true of them, not what is false or fake or been put there by another experience, you can make as much money as you want 
And really, you know, my whole company guideline all comes down to I'm only working with people who are going to do more good in the world. So if you're willing to give 10% of what you earn back to the charities and the people who need it in the world, you're probably an entrepreneur that will find your way to me and we'll go make more money and uh, we'll do some good, right? We get good so we can get paid so we can do more good. I love that. I love, I love what you said there. I mean, who doesn't want to repeat their wins, right? And you specifically said to win on repeat, right? I love that. I love that. Such a simple philosophy, but, but so powerful. Win on repeat. Now, I, love, I, I also love what you said that you started doing these events and you started reaching up as high as you can. So who were some of those people that you started reaching out to when you started to put your events together? Yeah, Grant Cardone quickly became one of my favorites in about 2014, 2015, before really most people knew who he was, you know, um, and he was, you know, ranking up and doing a whole lot of things. Darren Hardy from Success Magazine. Um, I, I mean, I started working with everybody you can imagine in the personal development space, and that got me into working with VIP clients because they were like, how are you guys doing this and scaling and monetizing and who do you need to know? So I started popping in with celebrities and and helping them grow their brands because there's a lot of influencers online who have a lot of following but that doesn't equate to a lot of money so I kind of became the mastermind behind the scenes helping them monetize their attention and um, wow. you know, it's sure been a lot of fun Tim Grover Tim Story you know all of the big names out there who are writing books New York Times bestsellers you know I just refused to have people in my circle who would doubt me, um, you know, denounce me, do anything. I just was like, there is no room in this brain for anything other than growth, success, positivity. And when you make that decision, the, the ranks of the higher level people, it's a very small group of humans. And when you realize how close you are, right? Richard Branson became one of my mentors. I started, you know, going to his private island and being a part of the charities they give. And, and when you put yourself in that circle, before I was like, I don't know if I'm worthy of that circle. What? You're worthy the day you wake up. Like you were given breath in your lungs to go fight for what you want. And so when I realized how close I was, to the most successful people in the world from a small town girl in Colorado, I was like, oh my word, this is really like a video game. You can go choose whatever level you want to play on and earn your way there, right? You can either earn your way in by giving and, and serving and helping those people you want to get to know, or you can pay your way in and pay for mentorship and buy it, right? Or you can collaborate with it where you become an asset and they need you too. So earn it pay for it or collaborate with it and and you can get wherever you want yeah that was a pretty persistent awesome. little thing i'm female so i feel like i get what i want i think it was in the book either think and grow rich or the science of getting rich uh if it was think and grow rich it's napoleon hill that said when you discover how to attract wealth into your life it will come at you so fast and so furious that you're going to wonder where it's been hiding all this time. David Imonitier, who's an absolute boss, years ago, as a matter of fact, we had an event together and he taught me, you've got to believe bigger, faster. That's something that he learned from his mentor. And I said, believe bigger, faster. That's interesting. Then I thought back of times that I didn't believe bigger, faster. And when I was forced to believe bigger, faster, you know, things work. And, and one of the things I learned from a common mentor that you and I had was about uh, not only a lot of things of think and grow rich, but also that you don't have to wait in line. 
A lot of people think that they have to wait in line for success, that it's a, a long process. And in reality, no, you don't necessarily have to wait in line. When we're very focused on ourselves and what we can't have, we, um, we miss out on who we're supposed to help, right? We're, we're so focused on, can I do this? I need to pay my bills. I need to, I need, I, I, I. And what you need to realize is your success is about other people right? If you knew the faces of the people you were going to help when you won right now, man, you would wake up differently. You get up early, you go kill it. It's like when I learned it was about who loses if I don't win, I started to wow. have a new responsibility in my life. And I said, my kids are counting me. My kids are giants. They're legends. And they would have not turned out like this if I would still have that mentality of, I don't know if we can eat this week, right? It was like, Ooh. I got to show them how to make dreams come true. I got, if they have something on their bucket list, I have to be able to fly them there tomorrow to show them. It's not supposed to be a bucket list. It's a today list. It's not a later list, right? And so it was all of these yeah. things. I, I look at the millionaires I've created and I think about how many times I almost quit. And once you, once you go, I'm like, I'm supposed to learn how to overcome this so I can help 20 more, right? Then all of these successful people start coming. Oh my gosh, you do so much for others. Your name is so highly regarded. Uh, we want to hang out. Will you come to dinner? And I was like, will I come to dinner? I've never eaten that many like courses of food, you know, like, and I was learning all these things and I didn't know how to put stuff there. And I think just a lot of people because of the social media world are pretending to be something they think will build a good name for themselves online. But the authentic yes. nature of get better, become an asset. People do business with those who increase their odds of winning. Like go win, go learn how to win, get attention for the win. And the right energy continues to come back to you and help and help and help. And I look at me bringing the Cardones in for several events, and now there's not an event that they don't have me a part of. Like it's a it's a win-win relationship. And and I just want people to stop, you know, feeling like they need to pretend, defend, become something online, just show big things. I think the movement of the influencer is dying a little bit because now people will share what they're paid to share not what they believe in and so now people aren't buying because they're like you're just sponsored to do that it's not you don't really love right. the product the product sucks so the age of the influencer is shifting and now there is room for good humans doing good work in the world authentic you know i'm like listen i'm a mom first and then i'm a badass entrepreneur and then i'm a yeah. and i don't need you to see my souped up sports cars and whatever i like to drive because i do I, like yeah. it, it became more about what my brain and heart could offer the world than what I could, you know, prove to you and others. And, and my name is what I built for myself. It, it was saying, no, it was screwing up sometimes and admitting it in public. You know, all those different things that I did really brought me an authentic, real audience where most of the world is kind of teaching a facade and a fake story. So that's where I kind of whittled in and made my mark. I was like, hey guys, let's tell the truth. Yeah, yeah, and here's the thing about social media, right? I say this all the time. Social media is a highlight reel of people's lives. And one thing that I see is that a lot of people, uh, they get discouraged by some of the things that they see on social media, right? They see a bunch of people winning. They see a bunch of people traveling and posting nice pictures, and they're always happy. And the reality is that that is just people's highlight reel. It's not real. For most people, it's not real. They only advertise. They post pictures of 
how they really don't look. You know what I mean? It's funny. I, I, I went to, a, to an event yesterday. I ran into somebody that I follow on social media and I almost didn't recognize her. Right. Because I'm like, she looks a lot different in person than she does out there. And so, yeah, it, it's a highlight reel. And I think people should understand that, hey, there's good things about it. There's bad things about it. But don't get discouraged. Don't compare yourself to other people so much. Stay in your lane. Focus on what you've got to do and, uh, you know, go after it. Now, I also heard on one of the pod, one of your interviews, actually, um, I've been stalking a little bit. So I heard on one of your interviews, you mentioned that you have to first become a developed human before you can become an exceptional salesperson. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, if you remember, right, like remember a decade ago when we were listening to CDs or tapes or, or videos or, you know, yeah, we're that yeah. old. Okay. So <laughs> we were listening to those things and they were teaching us scripts and all of these things. And I remember building business uh, as a memorizer, right? Like I could repeat what someone says. I could repeat a financial statement, a way to move a customer in my favor. Um, and I felt like a trickster. Like I felt like there was a moral dilemma happening in there. And, and it was the whole fake it till you make it movement. And it started to really get under my skin. And I, and I was like, okay, so here's what we've got to do. So I, I built a couple of programs that are really designed to help humans become the one their results require, right? To help humans grow into the confident, truth-telling, exceptionally skilled, knowledgeable about their product and service, willing to move a customer in a way that was in the customer's best favor, right? Rather than, hey, here's the price of everything. I'm going to mark it down and mark it down. And today only at 17 cents, right? Like I just started going, man, there's a lot of creeps out there who are all doing the same systems. I want to train humans who 100% are selling what they believe in, who are standing for what they believe in, who know their mission, vision, and values. That's how they make decisions, right? And they're becoming humans who don't need to, um, you know, accomplish something to believe in their status. I want to work with people who are like, listen, I'll work as hard as you tell me. Tell me to do what I'm, you know, need to do. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to believe it. You know, these kinds of things. And we have to build humans who were built on a foundation of, of healing and heightened knowledge, not um, brokenness. You know, people cover it up. And I'm like, the world is very knowledgeable at this point. And if you're a schmoozer or a shyster, we already know. Like, we know what you're saying. We know what you're doing. And so, so we got to, you know, I'll be working with people and they're like, well, you know, and they'll start crying and they're like, well, my mom told me this, or my dad told me this, or I got divorced and now I'm embarrassed in my own community. And, and, and there was no place for people to tell people the truth. Right. I was like, listen, I've been divorced. I've been smeared online. I've been this, I've been this, and I'm still a very confident, incredible human being because what I'm doing right now, I'm absolutely proud of. What I have built, I have become this human. And when you're not hiding and you start, you know, taking care of the, the traumatic events or experiences that made you feel like you're broken and we rebuild you into a human who was meant to have all those things happen so that you could go help some other people, you start building with people who, I mean, 
I, I'd pick a person who's been beat down, broken down, and we could rebuild them every single day than someone who's dressed like Slick Rick and thinks that they know every script on the planet. You know, good humans build good businesses. And I just believe that anyone can memorize a script. Only a legend will do the work to heal from their experiences and become a human who deserves to be a multimillionaire. And those people I'll help every single day. It's the hard work, right? The people you meet at the top, they're not worried about hate coming at them because they've come to grips with their strengths and their weaknesses. They believe in who they are. The person at the top who has loads of money and they're willing to give to charity, they've become that human, right? They used to maybe love to only do things for themselves, but they learned, right? They got humbled along the way. The person at the top has to, and, and I just found out that the faster we build normal humans into exceptional assets and allies for the world, the faster business grows. And what maybe would take a salesperson who's unwilling to do the personal work 10, 20 years, it could take the human who's ready to do the hard work and get to know themselves at a really deep level and, and become that one. Man, they can build a business in a quarter of the time. You mentioned about working with people that have challenges. I would imagine that some of these people that you refer to that have some of these challenges, you probably have to deal with some of their limiting beliefs, right? We all have limiting beliefs, especially some of these people that have gone through some of these recent challenges. So how do you work with those people? These people that maybe they don't believe in themselves, they're having a hard time believing in themselves, they have these limiting beliefs. How do you deal with those people? Some of my most successful clients, and especially some of my very high achieving male clients actually are the ones who struggle with their self-worth the most, right? Because they feel like they're holding everything up in the air. And if they drop one thing, it's like all over. If they don't provide for their family an exceptional life, if they cry, if they hurt, you know, it's like their life is wiped out. So they're living this facade and they're exhausted. So uh, the main thing I do in the beginning is I help people start telling themselves the truth all the time. I say, um, listen, if there's, there's a three-part system, what do you need to keep doing that's working? What do you need to start doing that you're not doing that you know will work? <laughs> and what do you need to stop doing? What's hurting you? What's Billy always thinks? I have, them, I have them checkpoint, keep, start, stop every single day. So they're telling themselves what to do. They're becoming a human who's always growing. Sometimes you'll, they'll do it once a week, right? They start playing into this. And then I say, hey, listen, today I need you to um, begin a 90-day journey of writing down 10 things you're grateful for. Okay, so gratitude, if you study it, it's a science. It's the only thing that can retrain the brain for success and progress faster than anything you could do that's trying to help your subconscious that works while you sleep and is telling you all the stories that you've had all your life. It's the only thing that can overcome them and drown them out. So a year of writing down 10 things you're grateful for, a challenge will come and you'll be like, that was meant for me. Let's go get it. I want to crush it. It's an opportunity. Someone who doesn't do that is like, life's terrible. Things happen in threes. This is the worst, right? And I'm like, you know, so I'll start building the practices of gratitude, of growing and reading every single day, growth, um, of focusing on their goals every single day. They're writing down progress points so they're not worried about lack or problems. And then the last, the last there's like four G's, right? So gratitude, growth, goals, and grace is the last one. What do they need to let go of every single day? Forgive. Maybe it's themselves. Maybe it's somebody else. So many business owners or entrepreneurs or even humans are walking around with the weight of the world on their shoulders because they can't let stuff go. For me, it's like, oh my gosh, so-and-so that you totally helped attacked you. 
give them grace today. Let them go. It's what's going on with them. It's not going to help me. I can't help other people carrying their baggage. So I let it go. And so it's these practices that are great. Someone who really struggles on their self-esteem, self-worth, I go, I need you to write down 90 things that you love about yourself. People will start crying and they're like, what? Right? Some people are like, oh, I'm amazing. I'm good looking. I'm, you know, that, and then they'll be like, oh, that was seven. That was seven things. You want me to do 90 things? And it gets to the depth of who they are. And I say, great. Now I want you to take each one of those 90 and I want you to write a different one up on your mirror, your board, uh, or in your phone across, you know, what you see in your background every single day. Um, so that every single day you're waking up in a truth about you, not a lie. Most people wake up, they rip on themselves in the mirror. They're like, oh, I look fat. This is ugly. I wish I looked like so-and-so. And they wake up with this lack as a part of who they are. If I get people waking up going, I'm a champion. I have delivered. I have hit sales goals. I have read every single day. I am grateful, right? They attack life and its challenges differently. There's no human who goes through life without challenges. But the real champions are the ones who have the tools to tell themselves the truth. I am a legend. I am delivering today. This is for my family. This is for so-and-so. This is for 10% going to charity and world hunger and all these things. Well, you can't hate yourself when you're doing good. You can't. Grateful and hateful don't coexist. And so those are just like the four G's, the keep, start, stop, the truths about yourself. If you can build someone by telling them the truth, well, they don't have to lie anymore and they start showing up different. And a lot of what you're talking about is a subconscious mind, right? And uh, the thing is that the subconscious mind we know is infinitely more powerful than the conscious mind. And most people don't understand that. So one of the things I often say is you got to start thinking about what you're thinking about uh, because most people's self-talk is negative. Let's face it. And again, I mentioned uh, David earlier. One of the things that he taught me also, he says, successful people pre-play their future wins. Unsuccessful people replay their past failures and setbacks, right? And, and when I learned that, I said, hey man, uh, I'm gonna start pre-playing my future success and I'm gonna get excited about it as if it already happened. And as you mentioned earlier, you've got kids, I've got kids, and it isn't only about if I fail, it's on me. No, 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 no. There are other people that are gonna be impacted if I fail, if I don't pay the price, if I don't have that discipline, right? So. I've got two kids now, right? And, and I say often, hey, I work the way that I work, hard, smart, whatever the case may be. And I want my kids to catch me in the act of greatness. You know, I want to be that positive example for my kids. The way that I, the way that we worship our creator, God, right? The way that we, the way that I treat my wife, the way that I raise them. Because the, the bottom line is this, if we don't influence our kids, this world is going to influence our kids. It's funny, I just saw a meme today that says, teach your boys how to be men. Because if not, their teachers are going to teach them how to be a woman, right? It's a crazy world that we live in. But yes, if we don't influence our kids, this world is going to influence them. And I don't want this crazy world to influence my kids. So I don't dare give up on my goals. I know that inconvenient situations are going to happen. That's going to happen to everybody. As Jim Rohn says, the same wind blows on us all. The wind of disaster, the wind of change, the wind of this and that. But it's not the blowing of the wind, but the set of the sail. And the set of the sail is a mindset, right, that we talk about. And I'm going to have inconvenient situations. So are you and so is everybody that's watching this, this podcast and listening to it, right? But it's about how many starts and stops we have. And one of the things I learned from Patrick Bed David, by the way, um, he says, how many starts and stops do you have? Most people 
that are not successful have a lot of starts and stops. They get excited about something, they start doing it, whether that's their business or the gym or whatever the case may be, and then they stop very frequently. Then, they, then they'll start again, then they stop. They have a lot of starts and stops. And he says, successful people have significantly less starts and stops. They start something and they see it through a lot longer, a lot more often, with more energy, et cetera, et cetera. Also, I think a very important question that I have for you that I, I till this day ask myself, and I believe I know the answer, but I think a lot of people need to, need to really understand this part is the importance of mentorship, Danelle. How important is mentorship? Because I know that you've got people that are not very successful that ask you for mentorship, but you also have people that are very successful that also ask and pay for mentorship. As a matter of fact, probably more successful people ask and pay for mentorship and seek mentorship versus unsuccessful people. And that's probably why they are the way they are, right? So how important is mentorship? I think, um, you know, a, a great example, I was just at this big event and uh, a gentleman stopped me in the elevator and he was like, wait, I recognize you, you spoke at the first one. And he goes, why are you still coming to these? He's like, we all know you've gone out. And I go, why do I still go to events? I go, because no matter how successful you get, my energy is amazing. But my energy with 3,000 other people aiming for the top can't be reproduced anywhere except in an event, right? I'll always right. be front row. I'll always be learning from them. I'll always pick out my favorite speaker and pay them to work with me, right? Like I'll never go without it because every, every level, new devil, like they say, okay? And I have to learn how to navigate different things at different times because of what other people have been through. And for me, man, paid mentorship is the way to go. Here's why. You can have free mentorship. Free mentorship is somebody training you in their spare time, right? They're giving you their extras. Paid mentorship is we're in this together. And if I lose, you look bad too, right? And so for me, I'm like, I want them betting on me as much as I bet on me. And two people working towards something is amazing. It, it's also your, right? The same wind blows on us all. You're going to have headaches. You're going to have days where you want to quit. You're going to have the horrible happen to you in this life. It's just life. And for me, on my I want to quit days, I'm really grateful I've spent so much on mentorship because they're like, they, they don't let you, right? It's the coach. It's the kick in the butt. It's the Academy Award winner who has so many people to thank for what got them there. You never get somebody up there who up, maybe Kanye, but nobody else gets up there and is like, I have no one to thank. It's just me, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be thinking, you're here to play for the world championships. You're here to win the Super Bowl. You're here for the NBA title. And if you want that, you need expertise to tell you when you're being an idiot, right? To tell you, I had a mentor one time call me and be like, you're pouting. I'm like, I don't pout, right? And he's like, you're pouting, get up and get after it. Like you're hurting people by doing this. And, and we all need to be realigned once in a while. And if you don't have people in there who care more about your win than you do, you'll make bad decisions. And then you'll have to hire them anyway because you have a mistake to fix. So, Danelle, what would you say to those people, again, going back to the limiting beliefs, right? People that think, oh, I can't become successful because of this. And all these limiting beliefs are stopping them from becoming successful. 
Or can anybody become successful in your opinion? Or are there some prerequisites to be a success in business? Yeah, I think I think some people are obviously born with a little more grit than others, for sure. But I 100% have watched all different personality types transform. And I think, you know, if, if, if you're a, I'm a believer, and so I don't know if you're a person of faith, everyone who's watching this or not, that the universe energy, we're all designed for something different. And the best we could ever do is if we're all doing the best we could do, like imagine if a cohort of amazing people work together, we could help so many more people. So I need you winning as much as I do. And, and I think that environment is what makes or breaks people. If you're, I mean, look, you have the, the movie that just came out. You've got the Williams sisters from Compton who ended up having one person fight for them and, you know, or both of their parents fight for them. And, and they ended up some of the wealthiest people in the world. And you've got somebody from a farm like me and you've got somebody who was born into privilege. You've got every single different dynamic who can create success. And so if there are people out there going, I don't think it's for everyone. I don't think it's for me. Well, you're just telling yourself a lie that's more comfortable than the truth. <laughs> you know, great. Make up, make up more lies about yourself so you don't have to try. You know, that's, that's not yeah. I'm like, yeah. But what if you knew the ten people you were, your win was supposed to help, and you're like, hey, I'm okay if I fail them. What if one of them was your children? You know, you have to start putting yourself in a non-selfish place and say, if I'm the person who's asking, could it be me? I want you to understand if you're the person who's asking yourself, could it be me? Is it meant to be me? It's supposed to be because the other people don't ask that question. They don't care. They're, they're out there living a basic life and they're going to be content the rest of their life. But if you wonder if the question is for you, yeah, don't accept a lie anymore. Yeah, it's meant to be you. This is the time. This is the place. You're the person. Get on your horse. Let's roll. Oh, Danielle, I got the chills, man. I got the chills. You know, it's funny because we break down this podcast, we do the full episode, but we also do what we call fire clips. We get little bits and pieces. It, it may be three minutes long. It may be 10 minutes long. And as you're talking and saying some of these things, right, I'm thinking, oh, there's a fire clip right there. Oh, there's a fire clip right there. You're bringing the fire. So I appreciate that, Danelle. <laughs> Anyways, you mentioned about the uh, William sisters and I just watched the movie. I forget what it's called. I think it's called King, King Richard or something like that, right? So King Richard, and I see the way that Serena Williams and what is it, Serena Williams and what's the daughter, the other? Venus Williams, how their father raised them. They were raised in Compton and whatnot, and we, we know the story. Phenomenal movie, by the way. If, if, if anybody hasn't watched that movie, I highly encourage you guys, go watch that movie. It's phenomenal. But I see <coughs> the way he was with them, and they became champions. Extreme discipline, extreme dedication for them, as well as a father to the sport and to supporting his daughters. And, you know, my son does jujitsu. I did, you know, karate. I'm a black belt. I won a world title. So I know what it takes. And it's not easy. What it takes to win a world title is not easy. So I dedicate the time to my son, right? He's in jujitsu. And we go and take two classes very often throughout the week. He trains on Saturdays. Sometimes we train on Sundays. I bought the mats and I bought the dummies. And, and I've got my own geese, right? We train with the geese and whatnot. And I'm like, look, if you're going to do this, we're not doing this to take part. We're doing this to take over. Now, I asked his permission. Do you want to be a winner? Or do you want to just do this as a hobby for exercise? That's perfectly fine. He says, no, Dad. Daddy, I want to win. I want to do tournaments, and I want to win. I said, great. 
Here's a dedication it takes. I even show him some of these other, like Rocky, he's seen all the Rocky movies and whatnot, and he loves them. But the point is, <clears throat> I see that dedication that the father to, you know, Venus and Serena Williams gave him, and I realized, wow, <clears throat> I'm not doing enough. I got to sign up and start learning jujitsu myself. I know very little, but if I know more, I could teach my son more, right? So I want to dedicate that time and really help him go out there and excel. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, so it was funny because I watched it and several people watched it. I watched it on a plane because I was flying everywhere and I'm always flying everywhere. And I give myself grace on the plane to like be still and learn, but it's still a learning movie. So I was watching it. I got teary watching it because I've been through those fights, those kicks in the teeth, those, and I want that. And I talked to somebody else over the weekend who was like, yeah, but God, who would we all be if our parents fought for us like that? And right then I almost punched him in the face. I was like, yeah. it's not about your parent fighting for you. It's about you fighting for you. Be the Richard. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? You missed the whole point of the movie, right? Exactly. Be And then somebody was like, yeah, I was Serena, the one who was always overshadowed. And it was really being, and I was like, well, you either look at your life as a poor me or it gets to be me. So like decide which one you want and, and live it. I was so fired up. My son, like your son does jujitsu, does ba he's a mighty basketball player. He definitely will be there. And the other day I was getting ready, you know, I've got, I've actually got casts on my legs right now. I had an accident and it's just so dumb by the way. Um, but we do dumb things. We learn from them. But I was, so I, he was helping me with my cast and do stuff before bed. And he looked up at me and he said, mom, do you really know what I want to play for the NBA? And I go, I go, well, you love basketball. It's your dream to play for the big guns. Like I understand it. You, you know, the lights, the things. And he goes, no, that's not why I want to be a part of the NBA. And I go, okay. He goes, well, maybe it's part of it. It is a dream for me to play. He said, but I want to play for the NBA. And I got super teary parents. You will understand me. He said, I want to play for the NBA because the front row seat deserves to be yours. I think I like watching you watch me play. And he goes, you have worked so hard for us and I'm going to show you that we can be first place too. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, and I'll be at every game and I will see everything. Right. But then after he said that, I go, and I watched the movie, I go, I gotta do more. So I called two friends yesterday and I said, hey, I need a new private coach to be over here helping him. He's 14, by the way. So it's not like he's 20 or 18 or in high school, like he's in middle school, the seventh grader, starting 14 on Saturday, tomorrow. Um, and wow. like, I think it's the more things you put yourself around, the environments, the stories, the testimonials, even a movie like, like that, the more things you do, the more you're like, I could do more, I could do more. And if your environment doesn't make you feel like I could do more, then you need to fix your environment because we are designed to ascend. We're meant to do that. We're, we're babies who roll and crawl and walk and run. And those who train become Olympic athletes. It, it, we're just naturally designed to do that. Add the accelerator because you happen to be listening to this podcast, video, YouTube, whatever clip you get to see of this. It's meant to be you. You're meant to do more. That's where your greatest joys come from. Yes, yes. Environment is, is so incredibly important. I think it was George. Yeah, it was George Foreman. He says, your network determines your net worth. I, this is one of my favorite quotes. I say it all the time. And it's so true. Your net your, your 
your network determines your net worth, that environment, those people that you are around, you know, and being in martial arts since I was about 10 years old and eventually winning a world title and whatnot, you learn a couple of things. And what I learned was how to train hard, how to train like a champion and eventually become a champion. And there's certain philosophies that I picked up there that helped me in business. And one of them is something that I teach my son all the time. I say, hey, listen, <clears throat> you want to train so much and we do, we do drills. Drills is what we do, and you, you, people do drills in every sport. And in martial arts, karate, kickboxing, boxing is drills, especially in karate and in kickboxing, where they'll do, let's say, you know, jab, cross, hook, roundhouse kick, jab, cross, hook, roundhouse kick, over and over, 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 until the mind forgets and the body remembers. If you even ask my son, for example, if you, not, not ask, but rather start the phrase, the mind forgets the, he'll finish body remembers because he understands yes that's what drills are for we say drillers are killers drillers are killers because if you do a lot of drills and you practice it over and over and over it's kind of like bruce lee one of his famous quotes that i love i love a lot of bruce lee quotes he was he was not only a martial artist but he was a a uh, philosopher as well he said i don't fear the man that practiced ten thousand kicks once i fear the man that practiced one kick ten thousand times so powerful, right? And so drillers are killers is what I teach my son. You know, and to reference another uh, Bruce Lee quote, right? Again, as you can tell, I love Bruce Lee and his quotes. <laughs> he said, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than to be a gardener in a war, right? Now, that's a martial artist philosophy, right? I teach my son, hey, listen, we know this for self-defense. We do not bully and we do not get bullied. We know what we know so we can protect ourselves and so we can protect others who can't protect themselves. Um, but too many people have that victim mentality, like you mentioned. Some people may say, oh, wouldn't it be great if I had a father that was like the Williams sister's father? Well, you didn't. And guess what? Neither did I and neither did most people. And most people that achieve great things, they achieve great things without having a father like that. But if anything, I don't, I don't, take, I don't take from that movie, I wish I had a father like that. Matter of fact, I'm glad I didn't uh, because that's my reality. If I had a father like that, maybe I would accomplish more. Great. But you know one thing that I did accomplish? I accomplished developing a certain amount of grit, right? I had to learn some things on my own and whatnot. So, but guess what? If we didn't have a father like that, we can be that father or that mother, that parent to our kids as well. Success in your family is either going to start with you or it's going to end with you not doing it. So it's it, every legacy in the world, it, it's... It's all on our shoulders. You know, it doesn't matter what happened before. I learned some amazing things growing up and I learned some terrible things growing up. But guess what? The new story starts with me or it ends with me. Switching gears a little bit, uh, social media, right? It's, uh, there's a lot of pros and cons to social media. I'm very curious. I heard you talking on one of your interviews. You were mentioning about social media and in the business world. So, it's a, I believe it's a double-edged sword, so I'd love to know what Danelle's views on social media are. Yeah, you know, social media has been kind of a, a whirlwind for me. I built for the last eight years hardcore on social media, right? Every Friday Night Live I did on my business page, every Friday, no matter where I was in the world. I, I was I was 5 a.m. in Greece, 3 a.m. in Paris. You know, like I literally lived that commitment to myself. I think it was more of a commitment to me, but showing people, hey, listen, if I can be here every Friday, look what you can do, right? And I used it to build my audience. I got shared millions and millions of views from just doing once a week 
for seven years, right? So I love social media. I love what it did for me. Now we're in this era, especially since 2020 and the whole world is online. There's no way you can't be online. I think that everyone is working to be an influencer, right? Everybody has a microphone. So now social, and, and I got annoyed for a little while where I was like, oh my gosh, the dumbest broke guy down the street is now coaching someone, right? Like you look at the abilities, but when we have those thoughts and those feelings, like I'm annoyed, I don't want to show up on social media every day. I want to do this. I go, you forget that you have been given the greatest gift in the world, which is a microphone, right? TD Jakes always says, don't drop the mic. Why everybody's out there trying to say one thing and throw the mic and walk away. He's like, the mic's the most important thing you could ever own. Speak, give, learn, grow, right? And so I think if you use the tool for good, it will be used for good. If you use it for bad, it will be used for bad. It definitely shows if you have self-control or not. Watch yourself on social media. <laughs> um, if you don't want it there forever, be quiet. Um, but but I really do. I, I think it's the Martin Luther King method of be anything but quiet. You know, um, if you don't have a voice at all, if you're not willing to do the work to connect and put yourself out there, um, you're going to miss one of the greatest multipliers of our era on business success. You know, it's what you do on foot multiplies online. And so you have to use it as a tool there there's no way you can really get around it i mean you could build a business without it but why would you millions of people access and opportunities if you get annoyed with it take a look at yourself there's something internally in you going on because you should just be a leader right you should be able to weed out your page make sure you only see what you want to see make sure you only impact what you in it want to impact um I suggest everyone get in there, study it, be a part of the new platforms, ride the waves as you can, and uh, use it as a tool for good while we have it. And yes, yes, as you as you and I mentioned, right? It's uh, it definitely is a double-edged sword. You know, people have used social media to build empires, to build million and even billion-dollar businesses, but the I think the majority of people are just wasting a bunch of time on social media. And, uh, you know, very often my wife will even send me a message or, or a friend may send me a message, say, hey, you didn't see my story or you didn't, you didn't see that, that message that I sent you. And I said, no, I, I really didn't. I don't spend a whole lot of time using social media for entertainment. I, I rather I use it for the benefit of my business. Right. I don't use it to waste a whole lot of time. So it's a it's a very real thing. People waste a whole lot of time on social media. Uh, it's a double edged sword. As a matter of fact, you know, I think you gave some great advice on that. And I need to take some of that advice that you said because there's been things, Danelle, that, that I know. I say a lot of things that are very controversial. There's a lot of things that we cannot say these days because people are very sensitive, right? It's a crazy sensitive world. And if I worked in corporate, uh, in corporate America, that stuff wouldn't fly. Luckily, I work for myself. I don't answer to anybody else, right? The only threat I've got, and I, I've been put in Facebook jails a couple times, right? So, but that's about the threat that I have, right? So I got I to gotta threat lightly on those subjects, but I think that was great advice that you gave and it's very, very true. I always tell people, I go, listen, the number one way to use social media well is to be committed to be a producer, not a consumer, right? Produce, be your own movie director. Like you are producing your story, your life, your future, speak it into existence, work it the right way and 
Don't allow someone to, you know, distract you from your cause. Be a producer. People are out there consuming. I always tell people, I go, listen, they ask the truth. And this is kind of funny. They're like, when do you have time to do social media? And I said, well, drink a lot of water because it's good for you. And when you go to the bathroom, sit and scroll. You can't be there for more than five minutes. So you won't be scrolling your life away. Like sit, check your messages, respond. They're like, you respond to us in the bathroom. Yep, sorry, but that's when I have time, right? Otherwise, you'll be there and you're like 20, 40, an hour in watching other people share pictures of their kids, watching hate things, watching politics, and then it shifts your entire environment. If you are a producer, if you are a director, you are the lead on energy, you are the lead on content, you are the lead on information, you are the lead on who can watch, who cannot, block, deny, right? Like you are in control of your life. And so be a producer and quit letting the whole world like take you to lunch all day. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Tell me a little bit about your morning routine. I heard, uh, again, on one of your interviews, you were talking about your morning routine. So I'm very curious. What is Danelle's morning routine? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have three kids. I have three teenagers. So it's a little wild in our house, right? Um, So it's a very, very strict routine. It has been since they were little because I have twins and one other one that are 16 months apart. So it was like, go, go, go. I've been an entrepreneur since they were two, two, and three. So it's been a lot. Um, but the most important thing I do every single day, I have a journal out there called I Choose Joy. It's the four G's, gratitude, growth, goals, and grace. I do it every single morning. If I do not do gratitude, I can be a monster. I know it doesn't look like it, (laughs) but I can. It's, it's constant training of the subconscious. I am focused on where I am headed. I am listening for 30 minutes to one hour. So when I get up, I do I choose joy. I'll listen 30 minutes to one hour to something while I'm getting ready on the sound system in my house. It'll be an audiobook, uh, a video, um, some kind of skill or tool that I'm reading. I usually study like one author at a time. So I'll watch all of Seth Godin. I'll do all of Tim Grover. I'll do all of Grant Cardone and just kind of study the human and what it was that, that moved them forward. And I listen, I see what applies to me. I move on. So I do that. Um, then I get ready. I do the kids. I come back and have, you know, I have a, a trainer and a chef that does all of my things here at the house that takes care of me so that I can serve others. And I get that out of the way after I drop the kids off. And then I get to my work. I have, um, I'm very, very specific on time. So I have what I call bang time, the time where my brain is the absolute best phones off, no distractions, no notifications for two to three hours every single morning. It's where I produce. And then um, I have other things set up throughout the day. But it is like the first half of my day is my morning routine. Very, nice. very controlled. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like if you want to work half the day, you should do that. And then the rest is whatever I want. I really, I work my day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So tell me a little bit about gratitude. In the top three things, for example, that somebody needs to be successful, where would gratitude rank in those three things and 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 also what are the other two things besides gratitude that somebody that wants to be successful should should apply yeah number one for sure number one number one number one gratitude um i think hands down is what changed my life um you know i came from divorce i overcame cancer i have won and lost in businesses i've had you know i've just had i i've had so many opportunities to become usable by God, right? I can help people who are going through marriage difficulties. I can help them in business difficulties and health difficulties. 
And gratitude has been the one thing that completely scientifically changed my outlook on life. Um, my outlook on other people, you're going to have people hurt you, stab you in the back. Um, I still am shocked at what people are capable of, but gratitude was the one art commitment to lifestyle that allowed me to have full control of my life and nobody could take control of it. Pain, loss, nothing. It was like sit, write gratitude. On the days that were really hard, I wrote a hundred. And you, I mean, you can read, there are doctors and scientists who talk about what actually happens chemically in the brain. But if you think about it, you know, when our thoughts come in first, they're felt they're emotionalized and then they're facted and they tell the truth. So most people are walking around just emotional, right? They're crying, they're upset, they're angry, everything going on in the world. If you could become the person who could fact things immediately and go, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. Here's the truth. Here's the lies, sort them out, move on. Your life is going to scale immediately. So if I could pick the top two things, everybody who works with me, I'll tell them, go do 90 days of gratitude before I even speak to you because you're not in a position to accept the success. You have to be an abundance mindseted person or lack will be your story. So, so that's number one. Uh, number two is environment, people and environment. Um, most people are disorganized. They're what I call slotpreneurs. They're throwing stuff out there. They have stacks of crap everywhere they're running they're like just post and pray and hope it goes well out there i think intentional entrepreneurs own the future they own the current they've owned forever and so if you it's like allowing people who are crappy to you in your life no you're just too weak to put up boundaries so you have a healthy perimeter you have an organized environment you do things right you're cars clean you're like it's these little things that make all the difference in the world disorganized humans will delete success right so so that's number two that was something i had to learn i i couldn't be a slotpreneur running around letting crappy people in kind of working kind of knowing what i'm doing it was on purpose or nothing um and and the better i get at that the better I'm successful. Um, and the third thing is mentorship. What you miss, somebody else will catch. And uh, I think that's yeah. what's created my drive. I think that's what's created, um, you know, so many accelerators and rocket ship moments of my life were because someone else gave me the fuel, gave me the 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 ship right i i think about when we used to be in challenges 10 years ago all the time and it'd be the 30th of the month and we'd have one more day and we both hit our goals and we're like we're just going to help the rest of the company do it and jay would call cool. us offer us more money and be like you need ten thousand more go and i was like i just killed myself and he's like it's the 30th yeah. don't be lazy you know and so I think about the mentorship there in those moments where I thought just because I was better than most, it was good. Um, mentorship is what was magic in my life. So if we've got gratitude, we've got organization, right? We've got efficiency and intentional moves and we've got mentorship. It's going to work out pretty well for you. You know, to that, uh, Tim Grover teaches, Tim Grover, by the way, was, uh, the coach for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and some of the top NBA players, and you know, an awesome, awesome mindset coach. And he talks about how good is the enemy of great. And uh, that's something that I'm teaching my son, right? And uh, 
I, I, I find that also when we teach, that's another level of learning, right? Because there's, there's different kinds of knowledge. One of them is learned knowledge, modeling knowledge, uh, uh, activity knowledge, and then you've got te uh, teaching knowledge. Sometimes when we're teaching people, we're not only teaching others, but we're also teaching ourselves, right? So it's very interesting because I was talking to my son not too long ago, and I mentioned to him about how good is the enemy of great. Then he asked me, Daddy, what is above great? Is there anything above great? And I'm, I started to think about it. I said, well, maybe, maybe what's above great is probably, I guess I would say exceptional, right? So you've got good, great, and then exceptional. Then he asked me the question. He says, um, Daddy, is great the enemy of exceptional? You know, so at seven years old, he's asking these questions, right? And I love that these are the philosophies that I'm putting in his mind because I want him to be a winner. I want him to work hard. I want him to know that, hey, listen, nothing good comes easy. It, it, it takes sacrifice and teaching him how to be a tough boy. And those are the things that I value, you know? And again, it's that philosophy that I've adopted through my life, right? Now, nowadays, I wake up in the morning, make myself a black coffee, get my son ready for school, take him to school. I either work out of my house or I work out of my office, which is a two-minute drive from my house. Then I pick up my son from school at, you know, say, 2.45. Then at 4 or 5 p.m., I take him to jiu-jitsu class. How is that possible to do those things and still dominate in the business? You know, as a family man, taking my son to school, picking him up from school, taking him to jiu-jitsu, right? It's because of these philosophies, a mindset, right? And the things that you learn through the mentorship. So I'm very, very... Um, Grateful for those things that I learned these things early on and I started applying them in my life. But here's a question that I want to make sure that I ask you that, and, and I want to make sure I didn't forget to ask you this question. <laughs> you have a funny story about an assistant or somebody you barely hired. I think if I'm not mistaken, it was the first day and she crashed your car. <laughs> Tell me about that story. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. This, this amazing young lady who, who wanted to work for me, um, she she was a saint and she was like hey i want to come prove how amazing i am to you and um you know can i fly out and do all the stuff we had a bunch of packing and shipping that needed to happen and so i was like great yeah you could own this space let's see what you got let's see if we get along well because i do i do yeah. quite a trial period with people before they actually get hired and so she flown out we had wrapped up, she had worked her face off and she was like, hey, I wanted to run grab something at the store before my flight. Um, could I borrow one of your cars? And I was like, sure, take the dog car. <laughs> I have one, I have a car that I just, we use for the dog pretty much is pretty much it. Cause yeah. I have a bigger car and then a racier car. It's funny, so the dog has a car. Um, it will be what my daughter drives when she's 16 cause we learn them the right <laughs> way. And um, yeah. she left and about four minutes later, like literally you have to drive out of this whole area. There's no traffic for a while. And so she called and she was like bawling. Oh my word, I crashed your car. And I was like, are you okay? Like, I thought she was teasing first, like, cause I joke a lot. And she was like, I was like, oh yeah. God, stop it. And she's like, no, I really did. And I was like, at the stop sign, like there's nowhere out there for you to crash. And, um, and I said, are you okay? And she was, she was, you know, bawling. And so I said, hang on, I'll be right there. I hopped in the car, I drove down and it was the craziest thing. She was at a stop sign and started to go and this car came and ran the stop sign. And it flipped this lady's car up, demolished mine. Um, everybody was okay, thank goodness, because it was just a stop sign. It was like a 30 mile an hour thing. Um, but she was 
I mean, she was bawling and scared for her life and, and was like, you don't want to be the one who wrecks Danel Delgado's cars. And, and it was the coolest example though, because I was like, listen, I have more cars. I can get cars all the time. That's why we have insurance. Lady, are you okay? And she's like, my parents would have killed me, everyone in the world. And she had like this trauma around being afraid of failing or whatever. And I was like, I was like, dude, it's no big deal. Like, hey, as long as you're okay, we're great. You know, my insurance lady was like, oh my gosh, she's not on our insurance. What did you just do? Like, you know, whatever. But but I think accidents like that happen all the time and we live our lives kind of in this way. We're afraid to make a mistake. We put value on things that don't really need value. Like life is what is valuable, right? And I gave her the ticket of a lifetime to have life and she went off and moved her and her daughter. She's a single mom and she's out crushing it, working where she wants and discovering life. And she's like, I needed to quit being afraid. Like I did, the worst thing happened. And I was like, listen, you know, every single day, like, do we treat life like we're afraid to screw up or do we treat it like, you know, pedal to the metal. Let's see how far we can go. Let's learn from it. The right people will love us and support us. And I have wild things like that happen all the time. I just got done flipping a golf cart and breaking my legs. You know, we have wild I stuff happen all that. the time. <laughs> that was a that was a funny story. Yeah. I don't you know, I don't really know how it happened. But if it would have been recorded, it for sure would be viral all over the internet. Yeah, it would have probably came out on a TMZ or no, no, not TMZ. I mean, uh, ridiculousness. <laughs> what it came out of ridiculousness. Yes. Yeah, oh, it, it was. But that's how I go through life. Like, I really am like, we will live this life to the full and entrepreneurs who don't risk never live. You know, that's right. we, we obviously should care for our life. I wasn't being reckless. It was just a fluke accident. But but. I mean, humans could stand to risk some more. Let's risk. Let's be great. Let's let's create what we need to so others quit losing. Like, we got to show them how. I agree. Risks are absolutely necessary. I personally don't want to tippy-toe around life all the way to the grave to make it safely to my grave. That's, that, that's not, I don't subscribe to that. So, but anyways, Danelle, how can people connect with you? How can people find you? Absolutely. Social media, Danelle Delgado or DanelleDelgado.com. I've got a lot of stuff out there to serve you, whatever you need. JC, you know, whatever you need, I'll always do for you. Thanks for being great and doing so much for entrepreneurs in the world. That's, that's what it's all about. Together, we get to go get and help more. Awesome, Danelle. Awesome. Again, listen, I know, I know how valuable your time is. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on the podcast, sharing some of this very valuable knowledge. I know that I'm going to be watching this episode again, taking notes because I was doing the interview here, but I want to take notes like, uh, you know, like everybody else. So if you, and by the way, for those of you guys, if you watch this episode, listen to this episode and you didn't take at least two, three pages of notes, something's going on, man. You got to pay attention because Danelle dropped some absolute gems here. So again, Danelle, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, my friend, and I'll see you next time. And for the rest of you guys, appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys like, comment this video. And as always, I'll see you guys at the top or from the top. Take care.